discretion is advised as we cover many an insane movie and numerous cult TV phenomenons. Now, are you ready to get jacked up? Are you with us? Then listen on. The body's cold. Somebody came after this guy with something pretty sharp. The case is hot. Getting a lot of heat in the sheriff's office. And the crime scene is the key to the killing. How do you talk to a dead body? I let him talk to me, actually. In fact, he just spoke. From producer Jerry Bruckheimer of Armageddon and Con Air comes the gritty new primetime series on CBS. CSI. We solve crimes most labs render unsolvable. Crime scene investigation. I, I know that everybody's tired, but this is a time where we have to work together. A team of forensic experts. Two sharp women are better than one. This will be hard with a diamond insignia on the back. You find that, I bet you find your killer. Bring crimes back to life. This guy fell to his death wearing prescription eyeglasses. Jumpers take their glasses off. I didn't push him off. You can tell all that just by looking at a pair of eyeglasses. You have no idea. In the city of Las Vegas. Police officers, open up! Between the high rollers and the low lifes. The evidence leads us to believe that it was in fact a homicide. And he was murdered. Between the hidden clues. I know this Chuck is guilty. And the buried motives. Concentrate on what cannot lie. The evidence. Bobby Dan. Lies the trail to the truth. I think we may have our suicide note. I just can't. William Peterson, Marg Helgenberger, Gary Dorton, George Eads, Georgia Fox, Paul Guilfoyle. All that stuff you rattled off, how'd you know about all that? Your boyfriend told me. CSI. Vegas, and for crime scene investigator Gil Grissom, it's time to go to work. We'll find him, Miss Hunt. There is always a clue. To do his job, he has to be part scientist. Concentrate on what cannot lie, the evidence. Part detective. I have a warrant for your toenails. Come again? And a little out there. Is there a grasshopper in here? So what makes his team of investigators the best? <laughs> so many reasons. William Peterson in CSI, Premier CBS, October 6th. We are back with another special episode aimed at the one and only Jerry Bruckheimer franchise, CSI. And co-hosting with me are Rob, your Star Trek's better than mine, and Takora, and Ricardo oh. Page. Ricardo Page. Ricardo Page. And uh, so... Um, how did anyone get into this insane franchise that never seemed to end until it actually ended? Um, well, I, um, going into it, uh, when I, uh, I, I had seen, uh, it going on, like, you know, like, and I had never really been into it until, like, uh, they started showing the reruns of it on, um, on Spike TV, when it used to be Spike yeah. TV. Spike and then like yeah and they they would show like they were like what like five ten episodes a day um, yeah 
CSI, and that's where I started catching station. it. Yeah. yeah, so that's that's where I started catching it, and then that's where I I, I just intensely got hooked on it to to the point where it's just like I was just like like binging it before binging was even a thing. You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> Indeed. Like, yeah, yeah. So um, I I definitely got the hooked on it right there. Um, it became like one of my past times where I even was going out and buying DVDs of it because I just wanted to watch the episodes over and over and over again. That's cool. No, I I've never thought of doing the DVDs. I know there were some music videos or anything on it. It just seemed like it, you know, it was on so many channels. It's like you might as well just tape them. <laughs> yeah, uh, but. Uh, there were, there were certain episodes where it was just like, you know, I, I wanted to watch these specific ones over and over and over again. Nice. So, we begin with the very first show, uh, Las Vegas, which ran from 2000 to 2015 for just that, 15 seasons, starring William Peterson of To Live and Die in L.A. and Manhunter as uh, Dr. Grissom. Uh, Marge Helgenberger from Species as Willows, uh, Lawrence Fishburne from The Matrix as Langston, and Ted Denson from Cheers as Russell. Um, I love you, Ted Denson. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I always forget Lawrence Fishburne was a no. cast member. Like, that, that, you know what I mean? That don't don't worry. I'm like the only person who didn't have a problem with him, but we're gonna shit on him plenty on this. So. You're ready. He wasn't, I mean, he you know, wasn't bad. He, he wasn't yeah, bad at problem. all. I know. I just figured that we're going to have some kind of hate. So I just, nah, nah. He was, he was, for like the two years he was on, he was, he was decent. It, it was when uh they, they, they brought in Ted Danson where I kind of like, yeah, I'm, uh, all right, I'm going to head out. What do I know? I, I just started watching his season and kind of started liking it, but I, that was cool to me too. But don't get me wrong. I think the biggest issue is there's just always, even in I hate to say this, even in Will Peterson years as Grissom, there's almost always at least one or two. I wouldn't say forgettable seasons, but there's like a season where it's just like I remembered like maybe three episodes and that was it. I didn't remember anything else that happened that season. All right. Right, but that 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 just goes what I was saying with the, any long running show where it's like you're gonna have your seasons where it's like yeah this, this is on, a bit on more a pilot and hits yeah I was just about to say that because 15 seasons like that's uh, that's a, that's a long lengthy time span time span so there's definitely a few seasons I might have forgot most of those episodes and just remember like maybe the end the end cliffhanger rolling into the next season. Oh, right, we'll, right, right. we'll get Absolutely. to that. We will definitely lay out the work for the best cases and the worst cases. <laughs> oh, mm -hmm. man. Uh, there, there's plenty. Uh, so, uh, I, for the longest time, I don't know why. I, I was an introvert to this kind of stuff. I just thought it was just gratuitous and all the other shit. I, I was an uptight dumbass. I, I did not give the show time of day until I was in college and I said you know what check it out and I really dug it uh season one had a very haunting score and it was very much like it reminded me very much of profiler in NYPD blue with how they do the whole 
except with the forensics, you know, it's just <laughs> the emphasis. Exactly. But I, I compare it to those other shows because back then when they were first on, they were pretty much doing the whole uh, everyone's got to have a measuring contest. Everyone's got to be yelling at each other and <laughs> breaking the rules without officially breaking them. It, you know, everyone's kind of everyone's a super cop and a doctor and a forensic guy all at the same time. <laughs> but isn't that why sometimes we keep coming back? Because oh man, they're gonna—he's he, gonna—he's definitely might jump outside the lines to get this case solved. But it had to be done. That's the only way it was gonna get solved. I love it. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. This uh, this was around the same time that it was going back to back with Law and Order, and they both those franchises both even had computer games that yeah. people would play, and it's like. Some of them would solve the game instantly. You're like, yeah, I know who the bad guy is. I know where to look for clues. <laughs> I know, uh, I, I know, I know. CSI had a computer game. I didn't know Law and Order had one. It, it was kind of wild seeing Jerry Orbeck yell at people, but uh, <laughs> the, uh, the, this one, CSI in particular, one is like, I had to even leave the room. It just kind of made me want to vomit. Someone was dissecting a dead alligator, and I'm like, Jesus. Oh wow! I never, I never got my hands on I that know. one. Yeah, I know it sounds cool now, but back then I was just kind of horrified. I'm like, "What the fuck is this?" Who, you know, it was just a family, a friend, you know, coming over, playing at a computer game at our house, you know, while we're having a party, you know, and you know the kids don't want to hang out with the adults. The kids want to hang out with other kids, and here's this <coughs> other gal pal of Marinize playing this game on our PC game, <laughs> uh, and I'm just going over to the GameCube to just host and play Mario Brothers with everybody else. But uh, I can't blame him for trying. I think it was an interesting attempt. And it was, a, how could they not? They were acknowledging all of technology. You know, everybody wanted to sponsor, you know, uh, other TV shows on this. Uh, everybody else wanted to, uh, as a matter of fact, pretty much from that point on, if you came out with a new procedural or uh, medical emergency show, you were going to get compared to CSI. You know, I think Crossing 100%. Jordan, Crossing Jordan yeah. was like called ER meets CSI when it came out. And it's like, yeah, that's that's about right. Uh, more or less, yeah. Everyone wanted to sponsor the new computer game, uh, the new four, the new cell phone, but not as much. But they did. I mean, you're going to see logos for everything. You would see because they're, they're filming in Vegas, so they would get plenty of other ads. Everybody liked it. They're like, hey, free advertising. I was seen on CSI. <laughs> I mean, realistically, uh, the show also was like my first even glimpse of what Vegas could be like. And the show made it seem like, really? oh, man. Yeah, I, I'm from New York. Like, you know, I mean, I never yeah. really been anywhere besides maybe Virginia, Pennsylvania, Florida. You know what I mean? So <laughs> thinking, oh, my God, is it really going down like this at casinos? People just have random <laughs> heart attacks. Right. There's gunfights in the street. And as a result, many other shows that were in their final years, like I think Nash Bridge is a good example, started copying CSI, even though that wasn't their style to begin with. But all of a sudden, every show had to have a music video look and uh, a, a flashback. Uh, Law and Order Criminal Intent later did it around season six just to get more ratings, which is a shame because I already, the format's already good on that one. So <laughs> uh, I, it always took me out of it. At first, I'm like, am I watching CSI? No, I'm watching Law & Order with CSI visuals. Okay. 
I I always get the feel that I'm watching CSI and like any law law enforcement show I'm watching when someone exits stage left, drops a critical line, exit stage left. It really has the CSI vibe from that. This is both made crime TV better and ruined it. If that makes sense, it is. is, Everybody has to be clever. Well, no, I I just mean, I mean, in just terms of the bastard childs that come out and want to be more clever than the other one is like, nah, dude, just be you. Yeah, (laughs) just be you, bro. (coughs) I get that you suck to this show, but we like you in your own fashion, so it's cool. What What would you say was the big defining arc? Because I mean, we have so many people. Going back to the breaking the rules, we we have. Crystal Method and Nine Inch Nails music playing every other episode. We have very cool montages. We have stuff that does not happen in real life, and yet we kind of accept it because it's built that kind of world. It's basically Batman if they were, <laughs> or the A Team if they were all forensic. Criminals. I kind of felt for myself when, uh, like, the last two seasons with uh, Grissom on it. Uh, those two seasons as they I felt like they were shifting a change towards like I don't want to say newer times but maybe like a a swing change of cast or just a vibe of the show but that could just be me you know what I mean I noticed that even before they did the whole you know Grissom taking off I I, they would have so many recurring people and I'm like oh yeah that's right that who did that person play you know I I didn't I didn't remember too many them and i'm not saying that to be mean or even to just compare a bunch of different people to a bunch of other online people i mean they, they went for so many people so many people that yeah they didn't just take it to the bank they flat out started on this uh eric stone street before he played cam on modern family you know he was a struggling actor and he appears like for a few episodes and he's like that's pretty cool uh I think comedic actor Michael Boatman from Spin City is on here for a while. Uh, I, I mainly remember uh, Aisha Tyler and um, mm. uh, Katie Sackoff, fresh off uh, Battlestar Galactica, being on a about three to five episodes, and that I thought they did pretty good. It's a shame they weren't able to continue with, you know, they were all on mm-hmm. you know three other shows at the same time. So the most. The, the most distinctive one though you got to go to um uh what's his name um Leo Schreiber and his four episode arc that yeah, was uh, great everyone yeah hated yeah I loved it I it, yeah that, that that always bugged me out because like the I always found that that particular four episode arc of his to be like one of my my favorite like instances of the show and yeah. uh you know the that whole dynamic that he had with Willows, you know, and uh, it it was it's, it's bugged to find out that uh, people actually the, the the hated it. It's like the hell, this shit is amazing. I uh, you know I this was the rare example of pretty much everybody was watching this, even people who had no business watching this. You know, kids were watching mm-hmm. this, teens were watching this, and uh. It was funny. My folks were like, yeah, Cam, you can watch this. Uh, I'd rather your brother not watch it. I was like, I don't really want to watch this, guys. <laughs> this is kind of that, creepy. That's how I got into it. My mom, like, straight and simple, we watch Law & Order, and she was like, yo, you check out CSI? I'm like, nah. 
And I was like, all right. And I checked it out, and I was like, all right, this is definitely a show that I can run with because um, I'm big into law enforcement shows. Yeah, I, if, I always, if you watch it I at watching uh, Law and Order. It's, yeah, uh, it's fine. I used to go. I used to go over to his crib back in the day, and uh, you, 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 you be hard pressed not to find his mother watching uh, Law and Order. She, she watched that shit religiously. Religiously. So, <laughs> so NYPD Blue, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So when she gets a new cop crime show, just like I said, CSI. She was like, "You check it out," and I was like, "Nah, not yet." And I checked it out, and I was like, "Yo, you, you got a winner. It's a good show." Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, uh, Spike TV would often air reruns of DS9, Voyager, and Next Generation, and they often would follow it up with CSI Vegas, and I thought it was just a cool way of just kind of embracing the whole Paramount brand. I mean, they were going to go with as recent as you could come, as well as long-term, because they had stopped, you know, doing MacGyver and A-Team, you know, that was TV land kind of thing. Uh, Still is, in a way. Uh, uh, there, I think this show just showed how this is how you do style over substance. I mean, yeah, style over substance already was kind of getting a bad uh, president because you know people had seen stuff like Run Lola Run and The Matrix, and it was just that whole kind of thing because everyone was doing it. Everybody was re- remembering the bad over the good, you know. It was yeah, like, uh, and no one seemed to remember. Is like, well, you're not getting it, but. Whatever I know someone from, you know, I'm going to know him from that. And that was definitely the case with the actors. Some people, we only know them just from this. And some of them, you know, we already kind of knew them because they had done plenty of other things. Uh, uh, but in many ways, a lot of these performers made me end up checking out their other stuff. And it's like, you know what? It, you, you guys are chameleons. You've done so much other stuff. But you, this was like stage two of your careers. In many ways. You know, you're 100% right. Like, uh, George Odd, Ed's Odds, Nick, uh, yeah. Nick Stokes. Like, Stokes. I never knew who he was until I started watching the show. And then um, I went ahead and started watching MacGyver and show, like, after he left. And I enjoyed MacGyver. So, I believe what you're saying right there is the precedent. Like, you know, it'll get you to be like, oh, let me go check out some of their other stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely. Uh, Georgia Fox, uh, who played uh, Sarah, uh, she had already been one of the lead Secret Service agents on uh, West Wing, and she was she was also in Memento. Yes, she Mo- plays the Memento. Mm. Uh, wow. Yeah. Uh, she, was, she was the she was the wife. Yeah, the the deceased uh, wife. Yeah. And in a way, Memento almost feels like. You know, that had already been in the works for years, but this almost feels like that was like stage one of that's like CSI if you want a more a bigger mind, you know, uh rearrangement. Uh, uh quick question. I know we're recording. Do you mind if I catch a vape? I don't wanna mess up your sound quality. Yeah, okay. Please. Get it out of the way. <laughs> no, I mean we could talk about it. I just don't want like you like, oh, what's that noise coming over? I don't want to mess your stuff up. Yeah, no. Go ahead and take, go ahead and take a quick smoke. It's all good. Damn, so what the fuck was that? <laughs> You're right. It sounded sound like someone was in a bong. <laughs> oh, yeah. There you go. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm definitely 
420 friendly. Uh, are you trying to create your own CSI crime scene here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who vaped it first and shot this one guy with his vape? I'm sorry. Um, I don't know if that's a thing or not, but it is now on this bullshit episode that happened to be sold to CSI. Huh. I listen. I, I could see them making that work too. We got to get the trajectory of where the vape came from. Like, yeah, they, they'll figure it out. We'll return after these messages. Hey, feeling down? Feeling low? Not enough podcasts about movies in your life? Why not try? They must be destroyed on sight! The new podcast cure-all. Sure to get you right with the world and on a path to better living. We have exploitation, we have Italian horror, we have zombies, we have slashers, we have crime films, we have spaghetti westerns, we even have sci-fi and sex comedies. So take a dose of... They must be destroyed on sight! As needed, and let the hosts, Lee Russell, Daniel Harper, Paul Romali, and the odd guest host, cure what ails you. Warning, may cause atrophy, African consumption, black fever, bone shave, chin cough, colic, cramp colic, Dropsy of the brain, elephantitis, grocer's itch, jaundice, mania, miasma, mortification, palsy, pox disease, rheumatism, scurvy, St. Anthony's fire, summer complaint, and worm fit in some people. Consult a physician before listening. Hey, I heard you like movies. I heard you like to hustle. I heard you like podcasts. Well, guess what? There's a podcast for you out there called The Home Video Hustle. Damn right. Every Friday, we talk about whatever movie PJ picks out the bag. What does that mean? Every Wednesday on our YouTube page, I put a bunch of movies in a bag, and PJ picks one out at random. And then we just watch it. We talk about it for maybe like an hour, hour and a half, two hours. Whatever we feel like doing, wherever the conversation leads us. But do we actually talk about the movie? Most of the time. Ah. Tangents galore. Yes. So believe me, we may be a movie podcast, but it's not always about movies. We might talk about video games. Mm-hmm. Music. music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the big one, music. Uh, sometimes we might get a little bit of politicalness in there. Yes. Sometimes we may just, oh, we know what we like to do. We like to tell stories, Peter. Ah, yes. I am the master storyteller <laughs> yes. of the podcast realm. <laughs> Undefeated. So if you like to hear about movies, video games, whatever foolishness comes to our mind, the most random stuff you can think of, check out the Home Video Hustle. You can find us on the Stitchers, yes. the Google Play, yes. Apple Podcasts, what else? Podbean, what else? Podcast Addict, goddamn, all that. Ain't no reason you can't get your hustle on. We everywhere, worldwide, baby. Hustle, motherfucking hustle. Hey, we can't cuss in the promo, PJ. Ah, we gotta be family friendly. There may be podcasts out there that don't want us here to say, ah, 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 good fun stuff. <laughs> well. <laughs> you <laughs> no, don't, don't run the listeners away Pete. Ah, i'm sorry but this is going kind of long yes so we'll end this and say hey check out the home video hustle every friday on all the various podcast outlets peace peace as far back as i can remember i always wanted to be a gangster And while Witch didn't make it to the top of the world, he did make the Gangs of Hollywood podcast. So join the gang and enjoy a movie review podcast about movie gangs, gangsters, mobsters, and the mayhem they cause. You can find GOH Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at GOH Pod 
at www.gohpod.com, as well as your favorite podcast listening app. And remember, say hello to your little friend for me. If you take two old punk rockers who are past their prime, put them in front of a movie screen and give them a podcast, what do you get? Cinema punks. Cinepunks. It's the mixtape of movies. Did you ever see a film at such a young age it left you traumatized with cinematic wounds? Uh, necrophilia. Uh, uh. It's a dead issue, man. Don't don't push it. Cinema PsyOps is a weekly podcast documenting an ongoing experiment on the mind of an unwilling test subject. No one should have to watch this movie. Oh, no one should have to watch this. No one should have to watch this movie. Surprisingly, it's not a topic that a lot of people really want to tackle. I'm shocked, crude. I know, really. Right? It's the next sexual frontier that no one wants to explore. I am, in the most sincerest of senses, disappointed in you. It takes a powerful goddess like Connie, jam her arm down the monster's throat and kill it. Oh, I'm still tripping out over that. Even as a kid, I was like, I gotta find a girl like that. Every week, I, I get a new look of disappointment that I never thought I could get it's out of. Unimaginable. At 12 years old, you should not be watching this movie. Obviously. At 13, you should not be. 14, you shouldn't be. I'm not entirely sure even 17 year olds should be watching this. Just because you're offended by something doesn't mean that you have the right to demand that it doesn't exist. Watching this film again, I had all of this like little nerd glee with everything that kept little history up. doll yeah, popping absolutely. up at you. So I totally loved this film. Hey, I know why you you know, couldn't see that. It's because your brain's warped watching this shit at 12 years old. Yeah, this is this is a rough movie. I told you ahead of time when we were getting ready to do it that it was. How did you watch movie. this shit at 12? Because physical wounds heal, cinematic ones don't. Listen to Cinema Psyops. We now continue with our program. Pretty much it. Uh, I think this is the most balanced out of all of them in terms of giving extra time to pretty much A, B, and C. Yeah. Point A, you got to introduce uh, like two subplots, and then point B, you got to be figuring out the crime scene development, and C's got to have your conclusion. Uh, you got to figure out the crime, and then you got to have a conclusion to that subplot problem oh by the way you're suspended no <laughs> i just sold but, the so, but how, okay so i don't know like you've been watching like as long as i've been watching how many times though like you start watching maybe by 30 minutes in you're like all right i didn't know who did it yeah <laughs> i surprisingly often went along for the ride i mean i was so taken back by the neo-noir style which uh danny cannon came up with and he and the other guys were just perfect for this because, uh, I mean, it needed that noir look and feel. Mm. And it never, surprisingly, never went the cliche 90s way of having the saxophone. It it always kept it in the realm kinda, of just styling. <coughs> this is a party of, city. You could kind of call it like MTV noir. Like the, yes. Like, the, like stylistically, like where he added to the show uh, came Right, and stuff that doesn't work in any movie, you kind of accept because it, it is the style. It is the mm-hmm. one minute everybody, you know, 
just fast cut edits and everything. And it does it very much like how Tony Scott and Michael Bay would do it also in their Bruckheimer productions. But uh, and sometimes I was just even more fascinated by the creativity of the crime, even though the reveal wasn't too surprising. Uh, I was even more... I, all good. I, I was even more distracted by kind of just all the other problems everyone had. <laughs> uh, right. They did that, do that, that well, though. That was the, the I think, the, the contributing factor why this show was so, so successful was just that, you know, they, every episode kind of starts after a while, starts to blend in together, you know. You know exactly where everything is headed, like, like you just said. Like, you know, you kind of start figuring out where it's like, yeah, I, I kind of got this figured out already. But, but like, I give them A just... for effort. No, 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 no. The, the, absolutely. But what I'm saying is that uh, it's what, what, what keeps you coming back is that, you know, you just go so accustomed, kind of like almost like with these characters, where it's like, it's almost like it's less about like, I mean, where it's about the, 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 the solving of the crime, but you also like, when uh, Grissom and uh, 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 Sarah started, you know, dating and stuff, and then it's like it became this whole like romance thing where it even got it even got its own nickname. The I GSR. felt like they drugged that on, man. They did. They I'm did. sorry. They, they I was definitely like, did. Come on, man. Let's let's keep this moving or do something with it. Oh wait, they, so yeah, GSR. They, so Grissom, Sarah, who's who's the R? Um, no, romance. Grissom. Oh, uh, okay. Grissom, uh, Grissom, uh, Grissom, Grissom. Uh, that's what it was. Yeah, it was gruesome. Um, uh, but yeah, it, it they they do their the sexual tension is pretty much nonstop on these, and uh, I think it helps that everyone's already comfortable with one another because they've already worked with each other prior. Uh, Robert David Hall who plays, you know, yeah. Dr. Robbins, probably, you know, the only actor who's been on it all the way through, along with Paul Quiffle as the chief, uh, Chief Brass. They'd already been in uh, The Negotiator together, and, you know, Quiffle was no stranger to doing Crooked Cop, figuring out on L.A. Confidential and uh, the Law & Order Exile movie special. Will Peterson, it's kind of funny how Manhunter was an underappreciated movie, not only as a Hannibal adaptation, but as kind of an early CSI movie and Almost he very much but yet he very much you kind of could tell he got the role because everyone some producer remembered him from that and to live and die in LA yet he didn't bring the same persona he just always been just kind of a you know professional working supporting dude mm -hmm. and uh Marge Helgenberger and Gary Durden uh had both previously worked together on this yeah, right there I'm sorry, I was packing so, a pack of cigarettes. Uh, I, I thought you were doing I'm something. I'm trying else. to. I'm trying to be quiet. Like. Oh. Uh. All right. Um. <laughs> I couldn't resist. Um. Yeah. Uh. They. They were both in a movie called Keys Together. Not a good movie, but it. You know, so it's interesting seeing everyone cross over and work with each other prior. Uh. There's a few other, I guess, variables of. When there's cliches, it's a different kind of cliche because every other show I noticed looking back in the 90s and 2000s would always get way too comfortable with itself, get way too repetitive. And this pretty much was the style 
is going to be different, but we're going to be the right kind of repetitive. We we are going to be visual footage for your eyes. Sorry, go ahead. No, but going back, that's going back to what Rob was um was alluding to. That yeah, it might get mundane, but the crime always was it was something else. Like it like the the start to show the murder would be someone wound up in the pool, but how he got into the pool was like because of something over here, and then it goes into the show. So like I feel they took the time to at least give you something like whoa, like could someone really die this way? Oh wow, it's crazy. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Right. Yeah. Right to to the point where like even that like it, the the way they they they, they portrayed the, the murders in the show it got to the point where it seemed like they the that that show uh, a thousand ways to die was invented <laughs> primarily to showcase that shit like that can happen. True. You know. True. Hundred <clears throat> percent. I, I pretty yeah I, I I think you're on on do it all I I mean what else can be said I mean they eventually they realized this was going to be repetitive so the best thing you could do is just you know make the best kind yeah. of bullshit it's like okay we didn't put any thought into this crime but we're gonna make the solving part really awesome and uh, <laughs> it's, it's pretty much murder and incredibly gruesome mm-hmm. And I mean, because I, I I remember there there being a lot of complaints about that, like where it's like, um, I know a lot, not a lot of people complain. I remember Kane Hodder complaining about that, where um about the movies that he starred in being like hammered down by the MPAA. He's like, but it's is is I've seen worse on CSI, you know? <laughs> yeah, I like, mean. Yeah, he he, yeah. he already played one of the dead bodies in Seven, which was another precursor to uh, oh, that. Yeah. That and Silence That's of the Lambs definitely get referenced nonstop on this show. But they kind of do it in a different way, where it's like it's not always a serial killer. It's like sometimes it's just like an accident or a depressed person, right. even a fugitive. I, I think they definitely did well by. Uh, definitely. I mean, the blood is the main star of this show. Let's let's not kid ourselves. <laughs> of course. Uh, not since Scorsese has and Argento has blood been used to tell a story. <laughs> uh, this is like one of the few shows that made a morbid subject kind of socially acceptable. I mean, my grandmother was an old school uh, mystery gal, and she got into this show no problem. It wasn't easy at first, but she got into it, and it's kind of interesting how it broke that gap it was like every adult was watching this even if they didn't want to watch it they had it on it just was on at every other interval every cbs crime show had to basically format this style (laughs) i mean i love the offspring that csi like created csi miami that was my jam like (laughs) and they also used a really good song in their opening credit that would get in your head. Even if you walked past all, like, I, my job, the TV's on all day. I work with random people. I'm in and out of rooms. But if that's on and I hear the song, I'm automatically singing that song all day and thinking of CSI. Oh, dear. Uh, it would be interesting to do a survey on how many people know The Who from yeah. their right. parent, from their parents being good parents and introducing their kids to that. 
and how many Amen. of them are just like, oh, I just want oh, to see a all day. So of course, right. uh, how many people don't even know who the who is, but they know the song. So because of CSI, yo. Right. right. Yeah, absolutely. Or you just like you're like who the who who is that? Who's who's the who? And all you got to just do is go is yeah. Like oh right. okay now I know. <laughs> you're talking about Doctor Who, aren't you, Rob? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Who? Do a Pacino here. Um, God. Uh, yeah. Uh, Criminal Minds already wouldn't exist without Law and Order Criminal Intent, but it definitely wouldn't have existed without the gore factor uh, of CSI. Uh, NCIS basically was like, "Hey, we're Jag, but we're gonna have some office type humor, some monk type weirdness, and yeah, we're gonna have some CSI." NCIS and CSI. Like CSI got 15 years, NCS got 17, or excuse me, seasons, 17 seasons. Like they're OGs in the game. Like I don't even understand how NCIS is still going on, and that's like one of my shows as well. And it's and because they do like them. It's that. I think it's also just that there's humor on there, and it's aimed at the military crime uh, angle. So there's yeah. a lot of veterans watching it. It's like, Agent Gibbs, Agent Gibbs. Go Agent Mark, Mark, Mark Harmon, man. Come on. Everyone loves yeah. Mark Harmon. The, <laughs> the, the, the coolest actor who ever lived. That, yeah. that, dude, that dude invented Viagra. Let's be honest. <laughs> and, that, and that's true. And, 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 and just remember this. You'll never see a wheelchair under Mark Harmon. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. When we get to that on another episode, we are gonna. <laughs> oh, that, that's, that's, the fuck that's up. gonna be a good. That's gonna be a good one. That will be good. Uh, uh, yeah. So when this spawned also Crossing Jordan, and then it also kind of, it also kind of spawned Las Vegas. If you think about it, that yeah. was NBC's answer to CSI. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. you want a Vegas show? We'll bring it. Yeah. To you. But we're, we're Vegas. funny. <laughs> yeah. Um. What's the other one? Um, there was a few other kind of counterterrorism shows that kind of took that the CSI angle. You had uh, the oh, the, there was the, the computer bo- one, CSI computer, not cyber, cyber. CSI cyber. I enjoyed yeah. that, and they oh, got yeah. what two two seasons. <laughs> yeah, I've actually it. been meaning to watch it, and um, I'll definitely let you elaborate on that more uh, as we go for this saga. Um, uh, the the movie The Kingdom. Uh, starring Jennifer oh, Garner yeah, and yeah, Fox is yeah, yeah good uh, movie yeah and it's more often than not is often called Twenty Four Meets the Kingdom and it's like I, I always thought it was Die Hard in Saudi Arabia a lot of critics <laughs> would call it Syriana for Dummies but uh, they are not mistaken it's like yeah it pretty much is a CSI movie with right. a lot of a lot of heat type shootouts and oh all CSI digging in the mud to get the parts for the truck was over here that blew up. Hundred percent. Yeah, and it, it it is kind of a shame that every critic who had to compare just couldn't help but find a comparison to CSI. Pretty much always used it in kind of a negative vein. You're like, oh, it doesn't really separate itself from an episode of this or that. And it's like, well, yeah. and sometimes that's what all we want is just an hour or ninety minutes <coughs> of what would otherwise be a procedural episode, but it happened to again, be stylish and have bigger names and bigger writers. Um, uh, th- this definitely, this made it hard to, easy to compete, 
and hard to stand out. So I would say it definitely made us lazier. It also made it cooler. And a lot of cops are, according to Wikipedia, definitely hate this show because it misrepresents them. And yeah. all I can say I... is, you know, at least to be fair, it did make some people, I don't know if they're sick fucks or just they're that, they're, they work at a, uh, you know, funeral home, but they it made them want to actually be detectives or <laughs> mess around in the morning. When I was younger, I went, I went to my high school because they had a forensic science program. I like that's why I went to my high school because you know I was like, oh word. But you know, I don't think like they show cops like they show. All right, see, I feel like the for the CSI team do a little bit more than what they're supposed to be doing like running out there kicking in yeah, doors that was that, busting, that's the, busting that's shots the, at people like, that's yeah the issue. that's that's definitely the issue that they had where it's like you know how many people signed up for for forensics thinking that yeah we're gonna be like csa kicking in doors and shit it's like no you you just you just Chases. pop up the blood <laughs> yeah take right. your photos measure tape measures get your also, also, yourself so so we're not gonna bust the bad guys? No, like you just you just you just dust for prints, you know what I'm saying? And they're like, oh, and it, it's it, just yeah. No, and, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. And, and it's funny how they mix that in with someone's gonna bust in a door, and every two seasons there's gonna be someone gets shot and mm. either killed or injured, or there's gonna be a kidnapping of a main character. Will they survive? Mm-hmm. Or will they have to be unburied, you know? And uh, then you mix that in with the sexual attention. And I'd like to say it was repetitive or running out of ideas. I wouldn't say they were running out of ideas so much as it became the trope. Someone had to fire the trope every few seasons, and it had to be kind of a selling point. It was like, what, what better way to make people tune in? Because dead bodies, you can only make dead bodies interesting for so long, so... Isn't isn't that like the standard though to all these like CSIs and CIS criminal right. minds? I was just thinking shows. the main it, characters, it is. I, the core, I, either get kidnapped, shot, mama died, like always something crazy, because that's how they keep you gassed up. Now every now and then they do kill main characters, and it is like crazy. Our main characters leave, like when Denozo left in CIS. I've been heartbroken forever. Oh yeah, uh, I, I, it, it is abnormal. Uh, I, I just noticed it. They kind of do it it more stylishly. Yeah. Uh, like they're in Vegas. And we'll, we'll, we'll get to it later. There's, there, there's one of these spinoffs that drives me up the wall in it, and uh, you, you, you'll hear it. Um, uh, this pretty much did make it be to where it's like, we got to be a number one show, and we got to have a bunch of spinoffs and yeah. every, we are forever immortalized in pop culture there that there, there's no way no one isn't gonna if, if when you bring up mystery shows someone's gonna bring up sherlock holmes someone else is mm-hmm. gonna bring up murder she wrote or columbo someone mm-hmm. else might will bring up fiction that has yet to be justified as an adaptation like hardy boys or nancy drew and then yeah Someone eventually is going to get to uh, CSI, um, of course, just because that you know they're magicians. They know how to solve a crime within 
X amount of time. A lot of people say, oh, they solve it within 24 hours. I can't recall a single episode that was solved within 24 episodes because they do change their wardrobe a lot. You know, obviously they're time so sexy. Of, time of day. Uh, like you're, you're 100% right on that. Uh, they, they didn't care, I don't think. But at the same time, I mean, they... Everyone also is just has... This is one of those shows that is so full of shit, and yet I somehow accept it because <laughs> it 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 believes in itself. I know. I, I I I that's how I have to phrase it because I mean, you will have people who will get in stupid stupid fights, and they're just magically better, you know. And mm-hmm. the the next episode, you don't know the time span. Uh, almost every fight happens in an office, and I'm like, damn. If office politics were this awesome, uh, I need an office like that. Damn, everybody's doing. Yeah, they pretty much have the. I wouldn't say Law and Order does a better job, in my opinion, of having the format be the star. Yeah, this this is pretty much reliant on the mystery and the gore kind of painting a portrait no pun intended and then it very much is based on how twisted they can be and whether they can get away with murder no pun intended and, see, and, and that's because law and order is based on like uh, i guess reality or more reality uh, based yeah you know it's I mean? satire is a lot of stuff and uh i mean the fact that it's a free part thing uh uh a uh, lawyer detective and then final outcome you know it's just um and sometimes not even any of that um the this uh whenever there's lawyers on this show it's often very stylish and the lawyers are just as witty as the detectives where they're just like yeah i mean law and order always kind of did it where everybody's just giving a closing argument is like here if you're on csi and if you're a lawyer or a, a doctor or a suspect you're not so much being a douche. You're mainly being witty. Everybody in this world is witty as fuck, and <laughs> or making an appropriate. And that's joke. like another thing. If I, if you caught me because you're a CSI technician, who are you? How are you questioning me? Like, why am I talking to you? <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's something else. I, uh. Every crime show fell victim to eventually uh, having uh, guest stars, sometimes even famous uh, people playing, you know, they'd have a famous athlete play, you guessed it, an athlete. The bad, um, yeah. So who would you say, fellow critics, who was the best and who was the worst guest star on this entire franchise? Mm. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll I'll start you off. I'll I'll give you some pointers. I really like the one episode. Uh, this is in Ted Denson era, uh, where you have a bunch of suspects and you have not only Robert Davi in a two episode role, but also uh, Craig Schaefer and uh, what's his name? I just had it in my mind. Um, John DeLancey, best known as Q on Star Trek. It, it's a very twisted fucking episode and. Uh, I will also say Justin Bieber is the best guest star 
for obvious reasons. Oh. <laughs> well, I totally forgot the beeves. He, <laughs> he became immortalized as a gift file getting shut the hell up and is, is like, thank you. Thank not, you. Not, not only that, but Mark calling Shit. Oh, sorry. Say, sorry. Say again. That uh, March Hellenberger went on record saying that he was a little shit <laughs> during his yeah. uh, his distance on the show. So that that coupled with uh, him getting shot to shit, uh, uh, RoboCop style, <laughs> made for a memorable. Yeah, appearance. It, and it's just so outrageous because it's like you you would never expect, you know, unless. Uh, he had had a bomb or something. Just this entire SWAT team to just fucking pop a kid full of lead is like Jesus. And uh, Stokes just flat out just opens fire. He had does not hesitate because it's like he had three episodes ago. This character played by the Beeb had been established. <laughs> um, I would like to say uh, I think this does style over substance better than even the Fast and Furious franchise. It's just. <laughs> Because uh, I mean, because uh, I mean, the gore and the crimes and the outrageous, stupid puns are just there's three different stars to it. So that and it's not relying on having a bunch of bald guys driving cars. It's all. In fact, every once in a while, it has outrageous just car chases, um, uh, to where it's like, wow, uh, that was a Jerry. Br- that wasn't just any chase scene. That was a Jerry. Br- <laughs> <laughs> right. I feel like uh, they, that that show did their homework. Like also, like, all right. So, what do we have to put on screen to keep people coming back? Yeah, it's probably gonna be repetitive, and we're gonna do this, and we're gonna make this flashy. And they had the script, like you know what I mean. Uh, that mm-hmm. and Bruckheimer just never recovered. He didn't know what to, he knew what to do with it. He'd already been getting his ass, you know, handed to him on a platter by Joel Silver and Scott Rudin. And once he had this, he had some skin in the game. I mean, he had this on the same year as Survivor. So to literally take over one giant network known as CBS and then pit that with, you know, milking the Pirates of the Caribbean and every other Johnny Depp movie for all it's worth. And then having this to fall back on, I mean... There's a reason he's a millionaire, like we mentioned in our pilot episode of this podcast. Is like he, and I see his name pop up on other shows, and it's like uh, Lucifer. It's a superhero show, but you take it away, it's a CSI show. <laughs> There's just so much emphasis on all the other, you know, crime mayhem and just outrageousness. It's like, jeez, okay. And they're using the exact same cinematographers and producers, so it's like, yeah, it's copy and paste for him. Uh, every every show has to have these people. These people are set for life. He will always call their phone. Moving on, uh, from from 2002 to 2012 uh, for 10 seasons, uh, the first spinoff, CSI Miami, ran. I'm Horatio Kane, head of CSI Miami. He goes by his instincts. I'm Megan Donner, DNA specialist from the Miami Crime Lab. She follows the evidence. What in the heck is this? Something she hit? Or something that hit her. They're partners. She's gonna kill herself. Maybe he's trying to stop her. Or maybe it was the other way around. But that doesn't mean they always see eye to eye. A woman was murdered. That's a hunch talking. Where's the evidence? David Caruso, Kim Delaney, CSI Miami. Premier CBS next Monday. Then 
CSI Miami is on a special night, and the evidence is clear. Missing the People's Choice nominee for favorite new drama would be a crime. CSI Miami on a special night, CBS Friday. When there's a full moon over Miami, the strangest things happen. He called 911. In other words, our victim called in his own murder. And for CSI, it's going to be a night they'll never forget. Everyone body's out, and we're still outnumbered by the cold ones. It's a hell of a way to go. What did you do to deserve this, Mio? Someone is making a statement. CSI Miami, a new episode, CBS Tonight. And it has been compared to everything from TJ Hooker to Miami Vice to Walker, Texas Ranger. How would you describe uh, the show, Rob? <laughs> <laughs> before, before we get to uh ricardo's wonderful i i, I just i just want to toss the negative out because the, the, um, this is where the franchise becomes infamous and we're right. at the same time at the same time it becomes more popular this is the kicker yeah. it, it becomes two things all at once popular and infamous it's um when you were talking about the you know, shows becoming repetitive and almost become a bastardized version of themselves. It's like, <laughs> you, uh, you could you could definitely say you're talking about CSI Miami. Well, Miami is just like, like it's just, it, it hits us, like, it's trying, like, season one, and then, like, it hits a point where it's just like, all right, we know exactly what people are turning in for, and we're going to do that <laughs> every single episode. We're going to do the same shit every single episode. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and the fact that is just, you know, people just slapped it up. You know, even my mother is, was an avid watcher. Like, it's just to the, like, I remember just sitting there watching it with her, like, maybe like five minutes of the episode and just be like, hey, you watch the shit all the time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. And, uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I for the longest time, I associated the whole franchise with that, so I did not want to watch a minute of it. I thought, now, ironically, I thought Caruso was a good actor because you know I've seen him in movies like Jade and Proof of oh, Life. Oh, he is. And he is. that's, he, I mean, that's what even, kept him around. Even the first that's... Rambo, he's one of the crooked cops beating him up, so it's he no, we already no. had it. On. But no, yeah. he's a, he's actually he's actually the nice one. Uh, technically, well, he's uh, he's he's the nice one of the the asshole cops. Yeah, that's so, true. Yeah, he yeah. was the glue to that show. That's I, why I like how you almost said it. On. I like how you almost said it like how he says, "We got some glue to sell." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, he was, he, he, no Lance, I'm sorry. No, well, no, go, go ahead. Um, I was just no, I'm just, uh, like, see, okay, so I was a fan, and I just say it as, like, you know, it was him, he was the glue, people remember him from NYPD Blue and then Bouncing, and I felt like he got on that show, and it was definitely repetitive, but he was, like, the king of the one-liner exit, sunglasses, like, he kept you coming around, Horatio Kane, man. He definitely, <laughs> the, the only person I can think that made glasses cool before him was either Richard Belzer the comedian as John Munch on Law and Order, or mm -hmm. uh, Kiefer <coughs> Sutherland as Jack Bauer on 24, or just even some of these other 
uh, guys who commonly, I mean, you could say Don Johnson, that that's fair. And yeah, maybe, maybe Richard Dean Anderson to an extent, there, there was plenty of other TV icons who had to wear glasses in every scene. Um, but yeah, he kind of reinvented it is where it's like, he would just, it was his style. He'd take them on, take them off. You really honestly don't notice them in the episode. It's just for whatever reason, people weren't over whoever Caruso used to be, you know, how he was kind of a failed film actor mm-hmm. returning to TV. And he'd already done another show called Michael Hayes and a few other TV movies, which I highly recommend. I but yeah, uh, you can't find Michael Hayes anywhere on YouTube. Drives me insane. I'm like, I'd like to actually watch the show. Uh, uh, but yeah, this this was pretty much him returning to play Super Cop. Uh, I would say it pretty much after a while becomes the Punisher TV show. <laughs> yeah. Before there was a Punisher show, because he goes to war with fucking everybody, everybody. serial killers. Everybody. Uh, he has all these brother-in-laws who he thinks might may or may not be evil, and you got a bunch of shit ton of Law and Order actors on this. It's like Jesus. Is there anybody who isn't on all the crime shows? And he he pretty much goes to war with every other cartel person or every other bad guy of the week. Surprisingly, all alone with his yep. with his sunglasses in his hand. With, with <laughs> his hands, and every once in a while he even gets in a knife fight and takes on he his had sunglasses. sunglasses. Uh, <laughs> I was fort- I was fortunate enough to meet Robert Lasardo, uh, the guy who played like Julio or whoever who plays the bastard who, you know, kills his fiance. Mm-hmm. And ironically, was even in a similar two-part role on NYPD Blue being interrogated by him years ago. So it's he had no problem with him when I asked him about it. But uh, when I asked Lasar, I was like, well, what are you more recognized for, this or Nip Tuck? He's like, you know, I would have thought that the latter would have been more popular, especially in the Italian scene. But more often when I travel the country, I, I see... Miami playing on a Japanese TV screen in a cafe. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, that's that's interesting. Um, so it it was pretty much bona fide, just like anything that starred uh, Don Johnson or David Hasselhoff. It, it was instant syndication value. It, it was going to be played anywhere, everywhere, all the time. Uh, the guest stars on this aren't really any stunt casting, surprisingly, which is weird because, uh, you know. I don't think they needed it by that. You they know, didn't need it. Point. It was already outrageous and right. tension grabbing and had ex- had Michael Bay explosions. So, I right. mean. That was that was the one that, uh, like, it was part, it was so purely on, you know, they, they had you hook, line, and sinker with the, with not just the premise, but with the actors like for for instance um who was who was the who was who was his who was his character's right hand man delco uh yeah the, yeah um delco, I, remember, I for the longest time got mixed up with uh it'll come to me sorry i'm scrolling back up to the list uh i got him mixed up with uh greg on the original show because they just had that similar look and they kind right. of the same position just the geeky guy who looks kind of normal in the lab and that's that's right, where right. he stays the like i remember my mother like like i said she was hooked on the show and uh he he the the, the actor he did some movie with 50 cent and i think luke goss and it was like terrible and like she was like bummed and i'm like so why are you watching it and my father was like uh 
because the fucking dude from CSI Miami's on the shit. She says, I thought it was going to be good because I saw Delco. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I, I pretty much became aware of actor Adam Rodriguez from this show, and I never had an issue with his character, although you could easily play a drinking game with how many times Horatio says, Eric, Eric. You know? <laughs> uh, uh He's a good actor. Uh, he's now on Criminal Minds, but I mean, he was on every other show for a while, and I mean, hell, he got to be in Magic Mike, so he's got he made bank. Uh, this was a good comeback for Condi Alexander, uh, I would say. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, she I, was already been kind of the go-to for being in a bunch of hood movies, and after she was on, you know, ER and news radio, and to be and every other, you know, David Simon HBO crime show, uh, to be on this. Uh, really gave it a big voice, you know, gave it a black voice. And I would like to say the, the women on this aren't sexualized. I mean, they're beautiful, but they're not, other than Sophia Milo's, they're not, you know, eye candy. Like, yeah, some, yeah. Uh, they're not like sh- out there. Like, Oh, look at, look at these. Hello boys. Yeah. Really, uh, no. not, uh, not typical, like Michael Bay kind of, you know, yeah, which is so weird. Cause there's so many Michael Bay moments and yet it doesn't, it's because it's yeah. <laughs> it has the restraint. It's like, hey, we got female right. here. I I see, man, <laughs> Caruso is tapping uh, the Latina chicks because I mean there are so many gals who have a crush on this dude, and he was apparently in a relationship with a lot of Hor- famous Horatio Kane, man. Yeah. And you, and it, it pretty much life imitates art. I mean, he's about to be engaged to this one beautiful criminal justice Latina gal, and she gets gunned down, and it's just like, oh, okay, <laughs> well, there's that. Yeah, yeah. That made it good uh, though. The next season when he went crazy and like, yeah, uh, gotta get the out. I, I will say, despite having an ego, it doesn't really distract me in the way that other egos have distracted me. He's just like, yeah. okay. Well, so he's going to do his stick. He, he's like Bill Shatner, but without the paused dramatic monologues. Uh, you know why? Because his 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 ego is is it's is in a weird way. It was good for the show, just like yeah. the way Shatner's was for Star Trek. You know? Yeah, I just, I, like, he he's he's an asshole, but he his assholeism works for the. You know, with the show as as it goes along, you know, well, and he was kind yeah. of a, he was kind of a professional asshole in that he he just wanted to do a good job and just do enough takes, but he wasn't you know making life hell in terms of you know I'm gonna not come out of my trailer you know that kind of shit. Uh, right. Uh, one critique was uh, NYPD Blue co-star. Um, well, she rarely shared any scenes with him on that show uh kim delaney uh was here as megan in the first season and she was fired because the producers just found that she and caruso just didn't have any charisma despite having partially worked together on another famous show so um i would say what was most wasted was a speedle uh played by underrated actor rory cochrane i mean he's used but he's kind of overshadowed by everybody but then he keeps appearing in flashbacks so i'm like oh well he apparently is a big yeah. deal. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I will, I will agree to that. Uh, Rory was kind of just like, and that's a shame too because he's a damn fine actor. 
yeah, I mean, it got him offers. No, don't get me wrong. Uh, Omar Vincent Miller, I would say, is not always well utilized on this show, but clearly he got more offers by being on this. Uh, I didn't know of him until the show, and honestly, oh, though, like I've, I've I've tried to check out a few things uh, that he's done, and like nothing's really like stood out where I'm like, oh man, yeah, that guy. Who are yeah. Rory Cochran? No, 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 Omar uh, oh, oh. Benson. Yeah. Oh, 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 they don't give him much to do either, really, except just run away from you know some beast or serial killer of the week and yeah, uh, spout out stuff that oh, thank you, genius. I no shit, Sherlock. I would have never guessed that. Um, I can't blame him. I mean, ultimately, everybody's got to do something, and everybody's just blessed to be part of one big family. So I don't really ever get any. There hasn't really ever in the history of anyone having an issue with this show, unlike other crime shows, uh, save for George Eads uh, having issues with the producers. Uh, and that's why they worked in his whole, you know, you're suspended on the original show because you know, you're like, no, really, we want you to take a walk. Just You'll be back in two episodes, but seriously, take a fucking walk. <laughs> uh, well, he always had, he's always had issues uh, going to the way back when when they fired him, him and uh, Georgia Fox. So he always had issues behind the scenes like that. So yeah, it, it, it was, was it, it was it was it wasn't surprising when it finally came to a head and he was like, you know, fuck this. Yeah, he this predates uh, Criminal Minds. You know, way before Thomas Gibson was tripping asshole producer. <laughs> no man, when that news got announced. I was like, pretty embarrassing to be arrested on your own show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, to let him go, like, oh, he, he he's off with his son. I was like, all right, yeah. I guess. Don't you know, do shit like that? Like, you know, you know the behind-the-scenes uh, thing and has taken place. on screen. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, they, they, they come out with some bullshit way to, like, oh, they, they, they've, they've gone away and, like, you know. He's he's visiting his sick mother or some stupid shit. And yeah. I know they're saying that talk, but I will say they did like they tried to fill some people in and it wasn't working. But what they got going on now, I can rock with their cast lineup. I think it's good. I I think it CSI became got too comfortable with this cast and started writing to him. And I I agree. I think Criminal Minds. Don't get me wrong, there's still people I know who refuse to watch any season <coughs> with... You, you have the whole Patinkin versus Mantegna camp there, but you, you still have most people who will watch it anyway just because it's like Law & Order. They just like the... Or even yeah. SVU. They like the gory crime uh, reveal, psychological interrogation, and they like the 24-style action, you know, FBI raids. Uh, and... Miami kind of set the bar where you got to have something intense, whether you buy yeah. it or not. It's a whole other story. I knew people who were from Florida and they would always know, I can tell it's filmed in LA because they don't have yellow cross walks in Florida or something like that. <laughs> uh, and that's fair enough. I mean, I would see a bunch of stuff. I was like, uh, I would always see the helicopter skyscrapers. I'm like, I wonder how much of this is actually filmed anywhere. And I will say, 
how dare I compare this to The Wire? I swear it's not because of the producer, director, Joe Chappelle working on both. I, uh, uh, I, if you watch a clip of this or even The Wire, you will think, what the fuck did I just watch? If you actually sit down and watch and, you know, some episodes beginning to end back to back, you get a feel for where the narrative structure is going. And in a way, you kind of look forward to the body count. Yeah. I can't believe I'm even going there. Uh, I think this handles its body count better than Walker, Texas Ranger. Because <laughs> Walker, Texas Ranger, I can't name you. Just like, oh, Jesus, not the slow motion again. You know, just... <laughs> um, and just how the bad guys, their their problems literally do not make any sense at all. <laughs> They're just evil because, you know, Chuck Norris told them to be evil. And it, uh, it's weird, though. It's weird, though, with Walker, Texas Ranger, because it's like, like, they're, like, you know, by definition alone, they're both, like, you could say silly. CSI yeah. And Walker, Texas, there's they're silly ass shows, but it's like. You 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 could kind of laugh at Walker Texas Ranger as how cheesy it is, but like it's almost like taboo to laugh at how cheesy CSI Miami is. Yeah, because it's a spinoff and it's it's everyone's so sexy sexy and just right. It's taking like it serious everybody everybody takes this so damn seriously, and it's like this this is. This is cheesy as hell, you know. Man, but like, yeah. Walker Texas Ranger is the joke show. I mean, the A team kind of set the cheese bar, and even MacGyver, and everyone kind of takes MacGyver so good, serious. Though. Yeah, MacGyver's yeah. good, and A team's kind of just like, yeah, turn your brain off. Why would you expect, you know? No, nobody you know? knows how to shoot in those shows, so it's fine. But <laughs> yeah, you know. I mean, if you even want to go into Aaron's spelling mode, yeah, we can bring up TJ Hooker again, but we could also bring up Dynasty, which other people would watch and other Remington still. But yeah, I was like, I kind of feel like an asshole to even laugh at CSI. I never felt the nerve to la laugh at it, except when there were just all the montage videos of just, you know, the putting on the glasses and all the bad puns. Um, Yo, and that shit, dude, like, I watched one that's, like, ten minutes long of just yeah. nothing but him saying one-liners and putting on glasses, and it's just like... Like, yo, that's what he did. Like, and it's like you said uh, earlier how, uh, you know, um, Captain Kirk was to the Enterprise. Like, he, like, I felt like almost tried, not, like, the same type of monologue, but, like, slow cadence talking. We're gonna have to go and then check this room. And then bounce. Like, what's going on here? Like, relax. Talk to me like a normal person. I'm right here in front of you. <laughs> yeah. It, that's the other thing, too, is everybody who typically would would talk unusual or a certain way in a certain show, everybody talks weird on this show. And surprisingly, I don't find it as weird as, I don't know, the one guy who was playing a mentally challenged person on that last season of Six... Feet un six feet under and everybody started making fun of because it was unintentionally amusing uh, and then there's the yeah I know pretty fucked up uh, and then I don't know it's not as frantic as 24 where you know everybody's gonna say you know they're the same line every episode yeah because clearly they're having a long day and that's well, another it's batch 20, that's, it's, 20, that's a, it's 24 hours yeah, well, yeah, that's another batshit crazy show. I mean, 
Yeah, there's plenty of people so who good, watched though. it. Uh, oh, I love it too, but it is funny how if you did a survey of how many people laugh at the right times and at uh at the wrong times, you know, I kind of do yeah. a bit of both because that's just how, how I am. I've watched all kinds of action movies and there's definitely just some over the top bullshit that wouldn't work elsewhere that kind of works for that. So yep. This this is definitely at 2001, 2002, we are at the peak of steroid-induced TV. I mean, all the CSIs are kind of steroid-induced in terms of their editing. Mm. Uh, people who haven't been good in other things work somehow because, hey, you know, quickly done, you know, close-up. And, oh, I just shot the guy. <laughs> uh, bye, bad actor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Quick cutaways. Next room. Like, yeah. 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 Uh, this is an unusual role also for uh, Rex Lynn playing uh, Frank. Uh, they couldn't get any other bald guy like Mike Chiklis, so, I mean. Right. <laughs> I yeah, liked him in it, though. Good. I thought he made it work. He, he, he kind of... type for him, though. Because yeah, no. he's used to playing like a douchebag in movies. Yeah, then this is like the first time he's playing nice guy cop, and he, he right. always gets bruised up, and uh, he's kind of the Paul Gwiffle's, uh, you know, captain of the original show but uh, mm. he kind of uh, is the unofficial partner he's just always out in the field and just rescues the woman while Eric and Horatio get in a fight or gunfight with someone um, I will say for the longest time I thought Emily Proctor was not a good actress and then I saw other episodes where she actually was good on the show but you know just seeing clips you would think okay she's kind of an over you know, blown pretty face, and it's like, no, see, see her turn as the one uh, person on the, the Republican staff member on the West Wing and the uh, few other movies she's done. It's like, no, she's not bad. She's just, she's just oddly edited on the show. It just I, I dug her little Southern accent, though. Well, that's the thing. She has that in everything she does. <laughs> Believe it or not, she, that's how she is on West Wing. So it's like, but you don't know it, you know, until you know a certain actor. So it is kind of annoying to kind of know the history of someone. And yeah, I will, I will say there's a lot of unintentionally funny stuff on this yet. It takes it so serious to where it's like, uh, you, you either buy it or you don't, or you don't buy it at all. And you just watch it. Cause it's all style over substance at the end. Uh, it, it It's definitely a result of the star Trek Aaron spelling gene. So, um, uh, I, I will say forgot Chris Pine was on this. Wait, oh, that's right. And so was Channing Tatum. And so being arrested, that, that's a hysterical episode. Um, uh, without surprisingly, without this, many other shows would not exist. And I hate to act like, you know, do a whole Tarantino thing where I got to give more credit to something than it's actually due. But I mean, really, Burn Notice would not exist without this damn show. <laughs> True. Another show set in Miami, although I think they actually filmed it there, but I could be wrong. Uh, and and it's so weird how so many other shows make referencing another show their priority, like Super Supernatural, dedicated endless time to them walking around and talking exactly like every person on this fucking show. So it's just like, okay, well, uh, I accept its place in pop culture. I mean, if you can marathon it. Go for it. You won't lose any sleep. You might even like some of the guest stars. If not, you're not really missing anything, I guess. 
but you kind of are, if that makes sense. Because it's, yeah. it's batshit crazy. I will say, and feel free to what, counter su- on me. Su- supernatural? Well, no, 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 no. Feel oh. free. No, no, no. Sorry, I'm talking about CSI, uh, Miami. Oh. Uh, uh, feel free to counter with me on this. I think in CIS, Los Angeles does this worse. Uh, oh, you lost me. What are we doing worse? Because I do watch me some and Well, no, I watch it, but I, 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 I especially can't take that one serious. I mean, the acting. Oh, is- oh, okay, yeah. You know what? I was just actually telling one of my friends that, like, if I worked at this location, it would be such a hazardous and shittiest place to work. You're always getting shot Ooh. at. Shit is always exploding. Like your boss is going like there's always something going on it's the worst but it does it better I, I than Mc... with it. well uh, that's the thing i would watch it just because there'd be an outrageous shootout and i thought chris o'donnell and hello cool j were a cool buddy cop duo they were miami vice yeah and they, then there's, they have a lot of writers from 24 so of course there's always an outrageous terrorism plot of the week or dog day afternoon style standoff and then uh I just compared to CSI Miami because it's like there's there's a lot of, well unlike CSI Miami there's so much questionable acting on, on the yeah. Los Angeles of NCIS like I yeah. they, they had every 80s icon from Christopher Lambert to even 90s uh, heartthrobs like Claire Ferlani and they were very questionable performances I was just like oh, oh. Well, see, so all right I tribute both these shows. And I, I kind of maybe am coming to truth for myself. Sometimes there's also bias. Like, I'm a fan of CSI, so I give CSI Miami a little bit of a pass and accept more of the bullshit because I'm already a fan. Same thing with uh, NCIS Los Angeles. I'm a fan of uh, the original NCIS, so I can give Los Angeles a pass because well, I'm already in, involved. I, I would say because... Basically, CSI Miami is a whole different shitstorm, yet it buys its shitstorm. So it, because it's consistent with its bullshit, I give it points for that, and that leads to the entertainment. Now, with the NCIS LA, it's just like they have all these bizarre editing styles that do not match up. Like, there will be someone doing a GoPro-type shot on a car chase, and it's just so awkwardly inserted. It's just like the Walker Texas Ranger slow motion case. It's just like, what is going on here? And just and, and there's an interesting mystery at the core of it. But then you got to get to all the other just unfunny humor and sexual tension. And it's like, no, fuck you, NCSLA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I came here for the air raid, not for this blonde Caucasian dude just <laughs> trying to get <laughs> the thing with New, Orleans, uh, New Orleans. You know, they're trying to hit another another outlet and it it's not as overblown, but Yeah, New Orleans is know? kind of a slow burn. And I think it just helped that they did enough crossovers. Mark Harmon's involved with both shows, so it's like Yeah, yeah, here's yeah. a show I will acknowledge as yeah. being part of our because that's the other thing, too, is, like, I would see people who would watch NCIS LA, and they found the original show boring. I know, sacrilege. And they're just what? like, I, I know, I couldn't <laughs> believe it. I'm like, 
I can understand if you find certain people annoying, like you don't like Tony, you don't like uh, what what's her name, Abby. Yeah, I'm I'm not an Abby fan, but I understand her purpose. She has a point in the per- whole premise of the show. She's the Chloe of the show. Uh, yeah. Uh, she's the what's her name on Criminal Minds, the blonde hacker gal. Uh, um, Penelope. Yeah. Yeah, so there you go. She's the Cassidy on Arrow. So she is the, she's, she serves a purpose, and until it becomes apparent that the actress does not get along with anyone, and they're writing, they're filming her in separate rooms. So, <laughs> what what I'm getting back to is, if there's a problem on Miami, you really don't hear about it unless it's a third person, you know, party, and it pretty much is. Join us for a wild crazy time this is hippie csiville i guess you could say for lack of a better word this is this is more music video than the original show got it's it's crazy and distorted and it's some kind of shit sandwich but it's also kind of a tasty milkshake and it's also a what the fuck at times so it it's a lot of things cranking around it is convoluted but it's kind of part of it but it's kind of not it it's a contrarian show it's it, it's it could have only been done back when it got was done because uh there's so many other shows that do that especially in csla and i don't know i don't know why that one is got 10 seasons and so many other shows only got three seasons so i'm just gonna leave it at that uh despite there being infamous moments on miami i can name a lot of infamous moments on new york and we'll get to that the drama of CSI New York is on TNT. Everybody get down! Now. And executive producer Jerry Bruckheimer. You're under arrest! Let me see your hands! See CSI New York. Back-to-back episodes tomorrow at 7, only on TNT. In CSI New York follows Detective Mac Taylor, a survivor of, of 9-11. His wife is mentioned, never seen, but always mentioned as having died on there. So he gets along with his buddies, Stella and danny and uh this show is pretty much die hard with a vengeance every week um i mean that that there is it's in a way slightly more classy but there's also lots of dog shit that you have to pile through before you get to the good stuff new york you know well, yeah. I mean, uh, obviously, yeah. It's the second spinoff, so it always ha- already had that working against it. But uh, my biggest issue with this is I like a lot of the crimes. I-, I like how they're thought out. I like the openings, and I never like the payoff. I never like how a single mystery is wrapped up. It is always a fuck you to the viewer, and it only gets away with it because I like everything else. Right. Uh, you know, right there. Yeah. Sorry about that. You're you're not watching porn again, are you? Okay, good. <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, so yeah. So uh, uh, I w- I would say the biggest issue. Uh, I'll I'll give you an example. Uh, around had to be season three or four. Uh, let me look it up. <sighs> I think the show's pretty solid all the way until. You end on a very promising cliffhanger in season five, only to get a total crappy resolution in the premiere of season six, and it never quite recovers from that. Uh, 
it's just the kind of show where it runs with a lot of stuff and there's a lot of people who know how to do a lot of good things and wrapping it up is just not one of them. It's just, they always struggle on it for me. What's your take? What's, I mean, I enjoyed it for what it was. Like I, I felt like it had shortcomings of a, thir- a third show in like a line of shows. So now the ideas are probably getting a little bit more lazier in my opinion. Like I'm looking through the list and I'm seeing the people that were on it, but I know a lot of these people also from other stuff like uh, Vanessa Ferlito. I don't think I said her name right. Yeah, Vanessa Ferlito, yes. She's in NCIS New Orleans, and I like her on that show. You know what I mean? I I already knew her from Spider-Man 2, and uh, oh, come on, you don't you don't remember I've known her from a lot of other stuff, but just saying, you know, on that show, like, Oh, remember, she's also on 24, remember? Yeah, 24, the, that was this whole other beast. Yeah, I know. well, I know. I, I just noticed. I love uh, it. I, uh, well, but uh, what, what, she was. Uh, she literally had to leave that show. That's why they killed off her character on that show, just so she could be on CSI New York. New York. And oh, only to be killed off on this one as well. So it's just like, yeah. <laughs> she, can't, she can't win. Uh, she is my favorite character in this show. And it sucks, because... Her character is not fleshed out that much until she gets her comeuppance as, you know, trying to break the law and frame this one stalker of one of her girlfriends. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they bring her back and they're like, oh, we found a body. Oh, and it's it's Aiden. No. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and uh, I'd say... It, yeah, in season two, there's one particular. This sh- this show was already being referenced to me during college because there was an episode where, basically, they solved the crime by looking at a reflection, from someone's eyeglasses, or better yet, in someone's eye or some bullshit, and it was found through a security camera at like a market. It's like, yeah, you're not gonna get any resolution on that. That that's that's hogwash. But there was one one season two episode where they have like this one Marine played by underrated character actor Eon Bailey. And he is going total ape shit. He is like DC sniper in the shit out of New York. He is setting off more bombs than Dennis Hopper in speed. And uh, uh, yeah, it's like at the very end, they finally are able to, you know. Uh, the the best saving grace of this is Gary Sinise's main character, who is a former Marine. He makes him snap out of it. And he's like, "Soldier, you will stand down." And it 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 doesn't merit any of the buildup because they have been like out for blood this whole episode, and they just make him yeah. stand down. And it's like, stand down, that's and, it. and, and, and and he just snaps out of it like, "Oh, sorry," you know, like like he just woke up. I'm like, "No, oh my my bad guy, I'm sorry." Does <laughs> not do not no don't. I'm not saying it even had to be a bloodbath. You could have even wounded him, and that'd be okay. But don't, don't just have it be such a simple solution after so much all agony. That, and pain. All that buildup, yeah. So many motherfuckers getting blown to Kingdom Kong, and this is the payoff. Stop! Not... Don't do that. Oh, okay. So yeah, the the payoff is terrible on all of these episodes. Well, not all, but most of them, a good chunk. Uh, season three is also kind of a lot of filler, but. The saving grace is Gary Sinise is basically a mix of Jack Bauer, you know, injured, yeah. you know, and he has the likability of Gibbs, you know, Mark Harmon on NCIS. Yeah. 
He he has that. I'm a tough guy, but I'm a person, you know. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And bit of a he sour does, puss. He's a sour puss because you know that's Sinise's foot talking, and much like Walker Texas Ranger and CSI, it does pretty much become a spot the Republican actor of the week. Because uh, <laughs> then he gets CeeLo Ward and a bunch of other people on here. Uh, and I mean, Sinise has always kind of been kind of a I'm not going to say discount. He's always been kind of a Bruce Willis type guy, just everyday kind of likable guy. So it is kind of, it's rewarding. And at the same time, it kind of rests on its shoulders a little too safely at times. Uh, there's a lot of other instantly likable people on here and they have nothing to do. Uh, uh, for a while, it seemed like I have nothing against the character Don played by Eddie Cahill who had already been on shows like Friends and every other, you know, WB, CW show. He is just a ladies' man. He is out for pussy every other season on this damn show. That's it. That's all. New York, baby. Yeah, New York. (laughs) And at one point, he falls in love with Emmanuel Vagier, the the original Painkiller Jane, who was later on Lost Girl and uh, a bunch of other shows. And you know instantly, you're not surprised when she gets killed and he has to avenge her. And this show is also just the worst in terms of it's gunfights. You know, like people are cocking their guns as soon as, you know, when they're already loaded and, you know, just to be cool and all. And I will ha- I will say there was one episode that was particularly called Snow Day. It was like a season three finale and everyone was like, oh, you, you took the entire plot of Die Hard. And I wasn't all that impressed by it, uh, even though everybody is literally going all super cop in this. All the doctors are in the field on this one. and. It takes forever for Hill Harper as Sheldon to do anything on here. Like by season three, he finally gets a voice. Season one, his acting's kind of shaky, and I don't mean that bad. Hill Harper had already proven himself, you know. And he, I sound like I'm tearing this a new one. I really like this one the most out of all of them, even though the original is kind of the classic and Miami's kind of the more popular one. I find New York kind of more entertaining in some degrees, even though it does a lot of stuff wrong. So I feel I think, like people like it for what it is. Like it, it does a lot of things wrong, but it also entertains. Like, I know people I mean? on, yeah, I know people on forums who only watched it just because it was set in New York. They they just found that appeal because, you know, previously only NYPD Blue and New and Law and Order were doing that. So even though it's not really filmed there all the time, I don't think uh, it's it has an unusual way of unfolding its personal drama. I think that's why everyone just keeps coming back to it. Uh, Carmen Giovinazzo as Danny, who later falls in love with uh, Lindsay, played by Anna Belknap. Two other underrated actors: that that guy, that gal, people. Uh, they're probably a very underrated couple on here. Uh, they're a romance on the whole CSI franchise that actually works, in my opinion. I Just because they instantly click. You instantly see them making moves at each other, and it's no surprise when they're married. And yeah. to make things more interesting, they're terrorized by a still-drugged-up uh, Edward Furlong. Yes, that's right. J- young John Connor from Terminator <laughs> 2. Uh, ter- terrorizes Lindsay and her baby. and. It's probably the only good part about season six. I have so many issues with that damn season. Uh, 
season six should have been a great season and that it just doesn't click they expose a lot of few secrets it's also stella uh, melina kind of karadati's final season uh they 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 pretty much nuked the fridge uh crystal skull indiana jones style on this one they they even had skeet oldridge as a recurring serial killer so kind of a callback to scream for you uh it, it didn't work for me at all it just especially after season five they had this whole hostage scenario where gary sinise's mac gets kidnapped by casey jones himself elias Cotias as a deranged bank robber only to find out that this guy isn't a hostage being used against his will. He is the main orchestrator of it all, and he just made Mac take the bait. To be continued, and to have a total FU, you know, conclusion as your season six premiere, where Stella's hanging off the edge of the <coughs> and everybody else is just, and all these just, this show is always, all these shows have always been so Hollywood, but boy howdy does it take chances it doesn't need to even take it just digs more holes than it needs to and so it starts off slow it trips and falls way one too many even in the good seasons and then it finishes with a bang it pretty much becomes the remember 9-11 show i mean i was honestly when the when the, when the show was done i wasn't like uh, I was I was like ah whatever like because I watched it for what it was quick little entertainment and that's about it like I just there were so many mistakes that I just kind of it really it was a good show but it, I took it for what it was yeah it's not NYPD Blue and although there is one episode where they they almost seem to be going near that level where they have always excellent uh, Joe Morton guest star as a uh, internal affairs guy investigating uh danny after he accidentally shoots a another fellow officer in a blind gunfight (laughs) and it's kind of cool seeing right and and it's cool seeing him and mac kind of have a measuring contest saying i will protect my officer he's a good cop you know your years years before uh trayvon martin and uh all these other just innocent bystanders getting capped you know it's just very disgusting shit that was happening back then before it became well known over cell phones. Yeah, technology, technology, man. Yeah, uh, Rob, you got anything to add to this? Uh, I don't know if you've watched this as much. Uh, no, no, not really. That's why I'm still too, too quiet. It's no, 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 no. That, that's fine. Uh, there were some cool recurring guest stars like Kelly, who was on here briefly. And very much like some of the other brief recurring people on the original Las Vegas show, they they just fade in and fade out. They don't know what to do with them, so they exit stage right. Um, right. I will that's, say that's the key, though. Uh, I will say though, out of all the eye candy, holy fucking shit, Melina Kena Karadatis. Uh, I know you're fifty something years old. Can I have your number? My God, <laughs> they know how to light her in every single scene. And even though they make, they make note of her Greek background and how she's, you know, homies with Gary, she's not a girlfriend. She's just a best friend who's been there with him, was friends with him and his deceased wife. I'm making this sound like this is the self-pity show. It really isn't. This is not the, <laughs> you know, no, 
it's not that. It's it's more to it than that. But I have to say, even though I was kind of annoyed that her character left, I wasn't. It was the best thing because they did nothing with her character. They, her character is like the smartest detective ever, and I don't mean to. I'm gonna reword this. Melina's a good actress. She's also good eye candy, and her character is supposedly very smart. And yet her character does so many fucking stupid things on this show, like get into, like, she's dating some questionable artiste guy, played by Ed Quinn of Eureka fame, uh, and is like, he's just such a shady guy. He is like the most predictable Las Vegas episode, where he's like, uh, the writing's on the wall. You know, yeah. of, course this, of course, this guy's a scumbag. And then it get, the, the only thing they do interesting with that stupid subplot is they they find him dead in his apartment and they're they make her look like a suspect because, you know, she was dating him. It's like, hey, you kind of knew he was bad. Did you kill him and cover it up? You know, and that was the only interesting thing that came out of that. So my issue is she becomes a plot device. And she's the female lead on this show. You don't need that. I mean, the, the idea is they didn't. They, they like I said, it's the third. It's the they third were child. Just, they were overwhelmed with the other two fucking shows. They should have just let Caruso dick dick around and just focused on the original show and this show. And yeah, that's it. I will say my intro to this was watching the disastrous uh, Lost Girls crossover. And for our listeners out there, for anyone who didn't fucking watch this, uh, this is uh, this is basically one where <laughs> they started in in Miami, where and it doesn't blend at all, despite uh, Fishburne being from the same Abel Ferreira King of New York camp as Caruso, where he arrives in Miami to find a severed leg that belongs to a girl who disappeared in Las Vegas a week before. Uh, they they started out on CSI Miami season eight, and then they continue it in more detail in uh, New York on season six. And this was my first intro to New York. Like I'd never seen Sinise, so I thought it was kind of cool seeing Lawrence Fishburne ride a giant ass motorcycle. Even though if you rewatch it, it's clearly a stunt double. Uh, <laughs> too many cheeseburgers. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> And then they concluded finally on CSI and it was kind of cool. Cause I mean, one of the main kidnappers on the New York portion of it all on this repart thing, they even called it for the box set, the CSI trilogy uh, was the kidnapper was played by Michael Massey of uh, the crow in 24 fame, but it did not, it started off kind of whatever. And it just kind of ended on a meh. I, I, I would rewatch it. But uh, it's not as bad as most CSI New York episodes where they start good and they uh, fizzle out not too well. Uh, and I'm not saying that because they're predictable or anything. I'm just saying it's like they just try to be clever. And I'm not saying it's in not Shyamalan on a bad day bad, but it is still just like if I didn't love everything else, I would never watch the show again, you know? And it's like when you try too hard in your storytelling, like that's the thing they're trying too hard. They got so many other things going on. They're like, all right, we got to make a good story. And they're poisoning the fruit. Yeah. I will say, though, there is a wonderful crossover. Died. 
Right, your friend's dead. Get over it. Uh, Robert Joy, as the Doctor Sid, is a welcome contribution because he's just naturally charming and cool that way. He even said in the that guy who was in that thing documentary that he improvised the whole separate separate his glasses as he puts them on thing, and they asked him to keep it in. They liked it so much, they liked him, so they kept him on. Unlike all the other med techs who don't last too long in this damn show. Uh, I will say Hill Harper is a good contribution to this show, but as a result of spending such little time on him the first two seasons and only really developing him on weaker moments of season three, that when they start spending more time on him, uh, it's just pretty much they give him stuff that they don't want anyone else to deal with. And I'm like, that's kind of shitty. <laughs> yeah. uh, Eddie Cahill's Don, when he's not trying to find someone to presumably sleep with off screen and make shit eating grins at. He pretty much is just always just part of Max SWAT team arresting squad. And that got old for me after a while. I was like, you know, I buy was a bad Because I mean, they did it with the chief on Las Vegas, but he had other things to do. I mean, he also got involved in a officer on officer shooting and he also he in the Ted Danson years, he the brass has the heartbreaking decision of finding out that his daughter, who he's estranged from, yeah, is a serial killer. I remember, I remember, that, that. Is, I remember that. That is some heavy shit right there. And then they have his wife played by a wonderful actress and uh uh the actress playing his daughter was also frightening and very good at playing because, I mean, they also do another kidnap the team member episode of the week to tie it all in. And it was good. It was a heartbreak. And I will say the final seasons of the Ted Denson years benefit from having Mac from New York actually cross over. Let me just say Mac comes to Las Vegas to look for his new yeah. girlfriend. And uh, his whole, where is she, is actually way more believable. It's not poor man's jack bauer or dark knight it, he is just like well, you better tell me where she where where, where is she <laughs> and the way i'm saying that uh, i should not quit my day job i sound like i am just doing a bad impression or like that's how it is no it, it really is beneficial and yeah the, the final seasons are really good and Celia ward that was good casting there that she needed something else to do besides be remembered for the fugitive and other soap shows she this was right. good she actually gets to be real tough, so it was no surprise when I saw her later briefly on the first season of FBI, and I was like, yeah, okay, so. I enjoyed she, her on that. I was a little upset that she, she left for the chick I that was played uh, on Law and Order. I was too, uh, but I mean, oh, Elena De La Garza, oh my god. Can I have your number? Uh, give him your number. Yeah, I, I, I uh, age does not make a difference here. No, um, <laughs> I, I actually well, must confess, I do actually kind of like FBI, how they're kind of becoming the next part of CSI New York Chapter 2, but not. Yeah, I enjoy it. Most uh, one and two, like I'm digging uh, that. Yeah, uh, season two was even a bigger step up, and I actually had to watch the, because FBI was doing a spinoff called Most Wanted, I went back and I saw the season one episode where they're first introduced and that really helped me that is like that laid out so much it's like okay so uh 
Julian McMahon's character, you know, and I I'm just like, hope they don't get uh, killed like um, Criminal Mind Red Zone for yeah. Whitaker. I enjoyed that, but that got no play. Uh, well, it, it's definitely better than uh, Criminal Minds Beyond Borders, which had yeah. also had Gary Sinise still in CSI New York mode, and it was awful. <laughs> I saw so many people. That's why they kept, they kept the Asian fellow. I can't remember his name right yeah, now. Yeah, and that's why they kept the Asian guy, and then they brought the Law & Order chick who was also there. <laughs> over yep. there. And so it's like, yeah. Okay. Um, it, it it all runs together. You, you're you're on all the number one crime shows. We're gonna take all those actors and just borrow them, borrow them. Hundred um, percent. But I remember there was a lot of people who saw Beyond Borders and they're like, I don't buy any of this. They are so not in Mexico right now. Yeah, no. And <laughs> this show, yeah. When you get that wrong and Commando is more realistic, then uh, you know something's up. Um. And Commando's not even in Mexico. It's in Valverde, which doesn't exist. Uh, yeah, I think Most Wanted is definitely going to do where Criminal Minds spinoffs went wrong. And uh, the main FBI is going to continue the whole CSI New York by doing what it never had the nerve to do by investigating real life hacking. And I mean, real, real, real crimes. Real crimes. Real, yeah, real. For Rizzle and doing, I mean, they talked about even crossing over Olivia Vincent from SVU on, or even, 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 even Hank on Chicago PD to make a cameo here and there. I'm like, that, I like Chicago PD. Yeah, do it. Uh, but uh, I like how CBS has made that part of its crime family, yet it still feels like it should be an NBC show because, you know, it rarely does anyone kill anyone on that. And, Julian McMahon's character, I'm like the only person who remembers him when he was on Profiler. Uh, he's pretty much a mix of everybody else is kind of the CSI tech geeks, but only if they had more to do. And he's like a main mixture of Stabler and Gorin on SVU yeah. and Intent, respectively. Maybe maybe Thomas Gibson on Criminal Minds, but I don't know. Maybe I'm reaching. Uh yeah, so New York, CSI New York is kind of the end of where CSI gets all adventuresome. I know a lot of people who would watch it just because it had more action, although I thought that's what the whole purpose of Miami was, but I guess I'm wrong. Um, the original CSI has plenty of action to begin with, so I don't know where everyone's coming from on this whole damn family tree. It ends early, and the main CSI sh show is still on, and it spawns CSI Cyber. I'm a behavioral scientist. Fancy for a human lie detector. I work crimes that start in the mind, live online. I'm a cyber cop. Takes a hacker to catch a hacker. Shut it down. Make me on. That's what I'm talking about. You work dark alleys. I work the dark net. CSI Cyber premieres March 4th. Now. I have not seen this. You have? Don't mean to cut you off. I've seen Cyber. I think one my last AirPod's gonna die. So, but Cyber, I enjoyed Cyber. I felt like it got a short run. Um, it had James Vanderbeek in it, I believe. Yes. And Bow Wow. Uh, Bow Wow. <laughs> Bow Wow. I could have did. I could have did without. But I enjoyed James Vanderbeek. I like the concept of oh, we're gonna go get hackers or 
titty porn people. Like, it was cool. The director, I can't, I don't got her name right now, but I wasn't really digging her. I felt like they could have did uh, something uh, better. Patricia Arquette, fresh after winning awards for Boyhood. Uh, I've only yeah. seen the episode of the original CSI where she's introduced, and I thought that was a cool episode because it's just another, she's having to flat out, again, go all criminal minds, just play a mind game. Mm-hmm. Maybe even do a Vincent D'Onofrio on criminal intent. Just be like, ah, you don't want to kill me. Give me five. I felt like it could have, like, they could have kept going with it. I would have watched it, but they shelved it, I guess, so. I have never seen any of it. I heard it wasn't as bad as everyone made it out to be. I uh, go- Check it out. It's pretty good. Uh, I will take it up on your recommendation. I will get off my ass and finally buy it on Amazon Prime. Uh, it's kind of a shame that it, it pretty much died instantly. I, a lot of people thought it was dead. Then they brought it back for another season. Then they killed it off again anyway, despite having Tan Denson's Russell from the from the final years of the original CSI merge over there to boost up the ratings. And that's just it. It felt. It seems like everyone compares this to the bastard child of the Law and Order franchise. Yes, I'm looking at you, Law and Order Los Angeles. Yeah, uh, the franchise that it's pretty much the bastard child no one wants to talk to, and that's a shame because you'd like to think that everyone wants everything to do with every part of the franchises, but it was not to be apparently. I, I guess, I guess you could say everyone was just burned out with so many other cyber hacking movies and shows out. Yeah. You already had Person of Interest, so that was stilling its thunder, and that was even on the same damn station. You had Numbers, veteran Peter McNichol over here, and that's pretty much just making everyone remember, oh, the dude from Numbers. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so it is, I, I, my introduction to this was seeing it uh, parodied. I forget what show. It was either The Will Whedon Project or... Yeah, I'm that, going that far back. No one's going to remember that damn show. Uh, or it might have been The Soup, and they were just showing some awfully acted moments of it. James Vanderbeek overdoing it, Bow Wow being all hip. He's acting like Ice-T on SVU. And I'm like, nah, man. Nah. You ain't there. <laughs> Ice-T is fucking cool. <laughs> what are you? Besides, uh, besides you know, a liar. Oh, is that what he is? He's uh, making up clout shit chasing. about you. Cl- clout chasing. Full oh. of lies. <laughs> <sighs> but, um, so I, unfortunately, have to go to bed. I have to get up pretty early uh, to good. go to work. Pretty much summed up all the points. Uh, thank you all for joining us. And so Thanks for n- having me. Uh, oh, real, real fast. Uh, so... Yep. Let's rank the the all four shows of CSI real fast. Rob, okay. you go first. Um, definitely. Uh, well, are we doing it from, from best, best to worst? Best, best to worst. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, my uh, Lo- Las Vegas is definitely number one for me. I think it was. Uh, be begrudgingly, uh, Miami, because. You know, <laughs> Is is you know it's it's a lot to take in, but it, it is entertaining in itself. Uh, New York because I, I I watched New York the 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 well I can't say I watched New York the least because in comparison to Cyber which I didn't watch at all, but um, I, I would say that the New York is number three and uh, Cyber number four. 
be with no vote at all because I have no idea how it is. Nice. That's all good. Okay, so you're, you're, we're, you're two thirds, I'm three quarters, and I'm pretty much, well, I'm going to go the original show, then I'm going to go New York, and then I'm going to go Miami. Uh, the original just has the cast, the humor, and the crimes mostly working at overtime at 80%, even when there's the inevitable cast changes. I Even when they do that whole fake out where, oh, Willis is leaving. Oh, guess what? She came back. Oh, Grissom is left. Oh, guess what? He's coming back for the final two-hour movie, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, uh, to wrap things up. Uh, uh, it, it, it overall feels better because Stokes, Willows, and uh, even the other lab techs are just fucking awesome, I- including Stokes, uh, the captain. He when he's on screen, he, even when Warwick was on in his early years, and I, what a shame how they had to write him off. That they were dying. Yeah. They were great people, and I th- I would say Sarah's overall, she's the Abby, but. Not weird, you know. She is the most recognizable face out of this damn thing, if it's not Al. Um, it, it just had so many cast and plot twists and style, even w- before Elizabeth Shoes Julie comes on. Uh, and Miami's just kind of, it's kind of just more psychological and action, but because it's for the adrenaline in us. I got to give more points to New York for mixing the escapism with the drama, even though the plot twists suck on New York. So, uh, but New York finishes off, off pretty well. You can still find it on Amazon prime and, uh, CeeLo wire definitely made a difference in, uh, as well as the nine 11 focus. That pretty much is why that show is remembered and why it replay used to replay on TNT quite a lot. Uh, and so now I'll hand it off to you, Ricardo. How, um, I go. From best I'm gonna to worst. go uh, the original C- CSI because I'm always, I I love originals and I do think um, the <laughs> whole setup they had going on there just like sparked everything off. For yeah. uh, number number two, I'm gonna definitely go uh, Miami. Horatio Kane, man. Like I said before, <laughs> that's my guy. <laughs> Uh, simple or plain. Three, I'm gonna look <coughs> a little different. I'm gonna go CSI um cyber because oh, I actually like- enjoyed uh, the the crime aspect of it. Like they were doing some real some real stuff, you know, hackers, bank fraud, like stuff that might be mundane and not really crazy, but you could see how many people are really being hurt on the back end of like a sex trafficking ring. To be uh, fair, I noticed yeah. that with all the hacking shows, like or movies for that matter, like Enemy of the State and Swordfish and Die Hard 4, is like, if you explain it to someone, they already are getting bored, you know, you yeah. see it in their eyes. It's all a visual thing, you know. Yeah, and, 100%. And, same, same thing with FBI shows, you know. It, it, and there's a difference between your enjoyment of that versus something goofy like Scorpion, you know. It's just all in what they're showing you, you know. And yeah. that's how it's scripted, so... No, that that's cool. It's cool to have it be different. So sorry, Sinise, you're last. Yeah, no, Sinise. Yeah, he gets that. Not to first. The band, like I love him, but the storyline. I'm, I'm also I'm also a little more biased on the geek geeky tech side of things. I'm a tech guy, 
So for me, no, it was like, agree. oh, yeah, they, we're going to see some real hacker on hacker stuff. I like it. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Like, other than a few recurring assassins, uh, New York totally fudged itself. It, it did not have the appealing geeky side of the original CSI or even NCIS for that matter. They they, they were too heavy on, uh, you know, let's make New York proud. <laughs> it's like, yeah, well, that's yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. What about the rest of us? Right. <laughs> Not to sound like a prick, but... Man, no, you're 100% right. <laughs> that's like I used to always like, tell Rob, why did New York always get destroyed and, like, oh disasters? Los, Los Angeles, New yeah. York, probably Vegas, but it's, like, always getting hurt. Yeah, you're right. Because New, uh, New York New York is the most visually appealing. You know, it has the most iconic skyline, so... Is more visually appealing to watch it get fucked up than like yeah. uh, Los Angeles, which like you know doesn't have. I mean, it has skyscrapers, but like who even knows? Like, like uh, it's no surprise if you see a violent bunch of gangs. I mean, that's pretty much what the new SWAT show update is basically mm-hmm. doing. Is like let's do the let let's go let's have Sean Ryan go back to Nash Bridgesville. And then let's have them have CSI New York drama, and then let's have them mix it with Miami SWAT team antics, and then let's. I started that. I just fell off. Like I tried uh, it, to stick. It picks up. I tried to stick. I tried to stick with my man from uh, Criminal Minds. Shamar Moore. But yeah, and then you're, I fell off. Yeah, season two's kind of whatever. A lot of lot to love, a lot to meh. It it, it does. It's not as powerful as Seal Team, in my opinion. Oh, I love uh, SEAL Team. Yeah, SEAL Team, even when it has an episode that's painful to watch, I, I, I just feel like crying like a bitch. I'm like, oh, damn it. Boring. David, David Borealis. Uh, I'm saying that, right? And uh, Jessica Parr, you, you guys are awesome. But, uh, and, uh, but yeah, no, uh, season three, you're going to love all the undercover stuff, dude. Uh, that oh, SWAT, nice. SWAT has stepped it the hell up. They, they, they have drones this season that they're doing everything CSI New York should have done. Right. or Miami for that matter in some respects uh, they, they uh, CSI is still on as far as we are concerned it's just under a different property nah. and it's just not as fascinating as when it first came on but we're still watching it because we you know who doesn't want to see just some crazy mayhem and with that note thank you all the duo thank you. themselves, Ricardo and Rob, thank you so much for kicking ass on this episode. I think we're going to have a lot of crime junkies who are going to dig this. No problem. Yep, I'm, all, I'm always so, around to talk crime shows. Yeah, I think every all of us just kind of relate to it. And it is kind of sucky how lately we've been just encountering a lot of these, you know, let's make the cops and lawyers sexy. Let's make, uh, let's just, better yet, let's just, uh, comment on the me too stuff and it's like no no let, let's go further let's show a side of police work that we haven't seen like bosch yeah. has been doing a good job of it uh uh there's no telling what the police procedural formula is going to show next i know nash bridges is coming back to usa network so oh. that'll be interesting for oh, a yeah. yeah as a limited series don johnson announced it and nice uh nice. I, i'm looking forward to that uh uh, I know Law & Order has like some new installment, but truth be told, they can just have SVU, and I think everyone will be happy. Uh, right. And we, we got the FBI. 
I don't know if you Deputy checked out Deputy. Is, it's pretty good. Uh, yeah, and h- how annoying how everybody's like, oh, David Iyer, he's an overrated actor. I'm like, no, he is not. He is good. He has done script doctoring duties on so many movies, including a Seagal film and U571. He is, I mean, he made Fast and Furious more memorable. No, it, it, uh, he made End of Watch. Your argument is invalid. <laughs> there you, you know go. Uh, end of Watch. Magma movie. I, 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 I used to quote Street Kings quite quite a lot. Oh, oh Street Kings. yeah, and, such a good movie. Uh, but I'll better yet, I'll hey, do you Harry. one. I'll do you one better. I you were dead. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, that there should have been a good sequel to that, but there wasn't. Uh, no, uh, I'll do you one better. He did End of Watch, Sabotage, Training Day, the movie version of SWAT. Nice. And Harsh Times. Featuring Christian Bell at his most Patrick Bateman shaftest. Go fuck yeah, yourself, Harsh you are. Yeah, Harsh uh... Times is awesome. Now, David Iyer is awesome because he teamed up with the creator of the Training Day show, which I also kind of recommend because that was by the CSI guys. Uh, and yeah, uh, this guy was also a former LA uh, deputy officer. So it's really cool how they're bringing a lot of grittiness as well as a lot of other familiar faces from Iyer's work. And they got a bunch of other people who have worked on a bunch of freeform shows as well as designated survivors. So they know what makes people want to tune in. They they have something happen every episode. It is never the same cause. There's one episode where they had to close down an entire famous LA freeway. I'm like, oh baby, that now you know this guy's gonna be in a world of hurt because he's not only doing impossible crime saving duties, but he wants to be uh forced out by his entire sheriff under deputies yeah yeah no so it's in this show it's, in this it's very show. much like longmire in that respect is like okay so this is really cool that yeah oh yeah uh we'll, we'll definitely dedicate an episode of that yellowstone and justified just old school cowboys revised for today's generation um right. thank you ever so much for thank you thank you roasting this all in a nutshell bringing up lesser talked about points and why this made an impact and still kind of does in a way and, uh, uh, and uh, where can we find you, Rob? Uh, uh, as always, you can find me at uh, Um You can also find my writings and stuff at uh, Ultimate Action Movie Club as well Woo! as ActionForce.com. You did a banged up job on the Donnie Yen movie, let me tell you. Oh, thanks, thanks, thanks. I appreciate that. Enter the Fat Dragon is now playing as of this episode recording, so I am nice. ashamed. I've never seen any of those. Uh, Ricardo, what's, what's up? Where are you up, up to? Uh, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just a regular average Joe, so oh, you, oh. Could just, you could just find me at Instagram. PHS are you not in All-Stars. a... St- oh, man, so you're not in a B-movie or Star Trek shitposting group? Damn. Uh, I'm, in, I'm definitely in a few A-list movies that uh, my boy Rob made back in the day, but don't know Oh, yeah, I yeah, yeah. Back in the day. <laughs> we, I'm going to have we, to see we, these we we made some blockbuster hits back in the day. Oh, <laughs> I just choose to live the life of an average Joe. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. You you were too good for an ego. That's good. No, we like that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Rob was making CSI before it was cool. 100%. Because, <laughs> I mean, Absolutely. honestly, I w- dude, I did all of film school on a damn tr- cam- Sony camcorder. Because it was such a bitch to have to check out any equipment. 
And it's like, nice. I need mm. actors and I need a script and I need sound. I don't need anything else. That's it. That's <laughs> right. And a minimal and budget. All of, and every time there was always someone like, I think you should have less Hitman or less action. And it's like, you know what? You hate action movies to begin with, so your argument is invalid. <laughs> you guys hate Pulp Fiction and Star Wars. Your argument is invalid. I don't even want to hear it. Yeah, I, I had a shitty film school known as UTA. So, uh, fortunately, CSI broke all the rules. You can tell these guys definitely ripped their film professors a new one. You know what you don't want us to do with flashbacks and state the obvious before we reveal it? We're going to do that. Right. So, <laughs> Thank you all once again for reviewing one of the most groundbreaking and always rule-breaking franchises of all time. And we will be back with more uh, triple, quadruple mayhem. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good night. Good night. Till then, stay thirsty, our friends. I have a good night, boss. The Jacked Up Review Show can also be followed on Facebook on both the page and the group. Feel free to chat, leave questions, make requests for future episodes. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you so much for your various support, and we'll continue to entertain the hell out of you. Till then, take care.